Hi, I'm Harry. And I'm Simon. Together we sell all sorts of antiques and collectibles from our two auction houses in Windsor and in Devon. But where do the items come from? Join us as we chat about house clearances, our weird and wonderful finds, and interview others in the antiques and auction trade, and if we're honest, just about any other topic that happens to come to mind. Welcome back. It's the Gavel and the Gabble podcast. It's me, Harry, and I am joined as ever by... It's me, Simon, from Deepest Darkest. Devon, how are you, Harry? How's your day? Uh, my, my day? <laughs> uh, my day's all right, actually. Uh, we are recording on a new platform, so hopefully the sound's improved. And weirdly, we've now got video, so we're now staring at each other. This but is oddly, weird. The pair of us, the pair of us have spent... The practice session not looking at each other <laughs> it's very odd i'm not sure that's how it's meant to be i've spent half of it on my phone and you've spent half of it trying to wake me up um yeah my day's been fine um we have not been apart long have we not we have not no it has been a busy 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 weekend on the rostrum it has been a busy weekend yeah gavel's been working hard yeah well yeah i was with simon yesterday down at lime bay auctions and dealing with, I think comedians call it a, a tough room. A tough room? A tough room. So I was... Uh, not kidding. I did take um, a brief pause halfway through the sale uh, to regather <laughs> my thoughts and have a cup of tea. Yes. Um, a two-minute break and then come back onto the uh, rostrum and rejoin the fray. Because I felt that I had lost the room. <laughs> Lot 195, to be exact, which is not very far into a sale. Uh, yeah, thanks for that. No, it's, 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 you got to, we've always said that we'll be honest on the, uh, on the podcast. And I definitely felt that for whatever reason, um, <laughs> I had lost the room and they weren't necessarily responding. Well, in fact, they were responding to my, uh, are, um, led by me, terrible humor. Uh, in their usual fashion. So we took a couple of minutes to um, gather our thoughts and rejoin the fray. However, at Windsor, could not shut them up. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody was was having a chat. A lively room. So be careful what you wish for, I think. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, I would. I have to say, somewhere between the two would be nice, wouldn't it? You know, the 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 raucous uh, barracking in Windsor to literally uh, a monastery-like silence in Lime, at Lime Bay. Oh, you just can't win, can you? It does quite win. Mind you, tell the story about the nice lady who you thought should buy her partner um, uh, some kind of love token when you were trying to flog some lot on the rostrum. Tell that one. Go on. Oh, Danny Devon. Yeah, well, this was slightly awkward because awkward at the beginning of the sale. This is, I mean, this story does not cover my cover me in glory at all. At the beginning of the sale, the chap had waved, and it was the only interaction we'd had in about thirty lots. And we thought he was waving at us to bid, and it turned out he was waving at a lady coming up the stairs. And he said, "Oh, look, we're starting a new relationship," or something of that ilk. It's what I thought he'd said. So later on, I tried to persuade them to buy somebody by saying, oh, your burgeoning relationship, you should buy this for him. And she said, but he's my dad. (laughs) You know what? The room had never been quieter. So, yeah. So, oh, mate, I couldn't believe it. Um, So that was that. And we've had a um, we've had a weekend of innuendo because down in Windsor, (laughs) a lady who actually 
we're going to do some appraisals for this week because she had so much fun at her first ever auction. This lady has um, come to the auction for the first time. And we get to a section where we're selling toys and antique toys, do we not? We do indeed. And one of several of the, we have some stife teddy bears. And the first stife teddy bear has a growler, at which point she erupted into hysterics and could not uncontrollably and had gone bright pink and laughed herself (laughs) daft. The second lot had a growler, another stuff teddy bear with a growler. And the third lot, he had a squeaker inside him. Now, I'm not going to go into details, but this woman literally lost her mind uh, during this section. Subsequently, left the auction 50 lots later and left her phone number and details saying, could we call her to book an appraisal? <laughs> the, the, thing is, the thing is, Harry, this was a very demure... A lovely lady with her husband who had sat through hundreds of lots and really concentrating and and looking and then literally corpsed, corpsed, literally corpsed at the word growler. We had a bit of fun there with her saying, Madam, please, it's not that kind of auction house. Of all (laughs) the people in that room, of all the people. I would never know. She was brilliant. She could not hold it together. That was hysterical. Absolutely brilliant. Can I tell you something I've done today? Pray tell. Tell me what you've done today. I guarantee you that despite the fact we have exactly the same job, despite the fact that we are both auctioneers, despite the fact that we've both been out on house calls, I guarantee you I've done something today that you haven't. Okay. Uh, Come on. (laughs) I mean, I've had lunch, (laughs) unsurprisingly. I ran over a cyclist. What, a person on a bicycle? Yes. What, really run them over? Yeah, well... Is this the right forum for this discussion? I just feel I've got to get it off my chest. I'm not... Yeah, excellent. Confession. Yeah. Um, Let's start with, are they okay? They are okay, yes. Um, They are okay. I did reverse my truck at a closed road, only to find a man on a motorbike uh, had literally parked beside my rear left wing and was on the phone to Susie at the time hands free I might add perfectly legal and uh yeah ran him over right okay let's just quite a lot to unpack um let's start with (laughs) you didn't actually oh god oh dear listener I am confident that when he says he ran over this person the truck was not parked on top of the motorcyclist I'm thinking that he reversed, not at huge pace, nonetheless, I'm sure scary for said motorcyclist, into the bike with the motorcyclist on top of it. It subsequently fell over, and but all are well. All are well, and he rode away. And then I've been out on more appointments this afternoon. And when I got back to do this podcast, there's a note on my desk, and I've got it in my hand here. Can you see this one, Harry? Because now we've got video. See this note? And it says... Dominic, I'll leave out his second name, yeah? This is written in Dan's handwriting. Dominic, the man you ran over called. Here's his mobile number. Did the team already know about that? Let's not put his mobile number up on here. Let's not put his mobile number up. Needs to fix back brake pedal. Nothing serious. That's that's my note. That's my note that I need to fix his back brake pedal after running over him and his bike. I've got nothing. I've got nothing. <laughs> 
<laughs> Dominic is fine, I've ladies and gentlemen. Nothing. Dominic is fine. Um, it, it, it was, it was. Simon, however, isn't because in between telling that anecdote, the phone's rung four hundred times <laughs> in the office where he's trying to record the podcast. But suffice to say, Dominic's fine. No, but you started the anecdote with you've done something today that I haven't done, and thank God I haven't there done you go. that. We should play this game every yeah. podcast. Is there something you've done today that I haven't? And I think I'm one nil up. You're winning big time. <laughs> right. Well, let's talk about the successes of your sale. Uh, now we've um, dissed the uh, crowd that we're in. What was your big seller? What was our biggest seller? We had two Belusta Chinese blue and white vases. They did quite well for us. Uh, really nice things with the double circular mark to base, meaning Chinese export market. So not hugely old, but a nice size hand painted from a house clearance. So fresh to market, as they say, we put them up for two to four hundred pounds, primarily because one of them had quite a sizable hairline crack to the neck which is never great, but they were still, they are still beautiful things. Two to 400, we put them up for. What did they sell for, Harry, with your encyclopedic memory? I want to say 2,900. Close, 2,600. Are you sure? I thought they were 2,006, 2009. Uh, that, mate, it was fantastic. They were fantastic. They were fantastic. They were really good looking things. They were lovely, weren't they? Um, and what about your, the sale in Windsor had some, had one particular, particular cracker tell us about that one ah uh, no before we get to the one particular cracker that was was really really good um i want to get to one of your comments of the sale um that you said at one point in fridays in the two day self on the friday that your faith in humanity had been restored <laughs> i do yes i do um, which because... has been quoted back to me and the team all day so the faith was restored by us getting some really cracking prices for some lovely furniture, antique furniture, not brown furniture, people, not brown furniture, proper handmade cabinet makers pieces. And they were fetching good, good money, weren't they? The chest, uh, a bow fronted chest of drawers. What color were they? They were all brown. They were all brown. But they were all good quality. Yeah. We were quite legendary once upon a time for losing our shizzle on the rostrum when somebody bought a beautiful bow-fronted chest of drawers, which is a wonderful piece of craftsmanship in its own right, um, and somebody buying it for £40 and declaring out loud that they were going to shabby chic it in pink chalk paint, at which point I threw the mother of all hissy fits on the rostrum and we refused <laughs> to sell it to her. So that was then. Fast forward to now. None of this stuff is happening. And fast forward to now. And on Friday, we got some cracking prices for bow-fronted chests of drawers. For uh, There was a campaign chest uh, that made stunning money down in lime and good quality mm. antique pieces of furniture are suddenly starting to command the kind of prices that they're scarcity and quality 
I think deserves. And yes, I did make the comment that my faith in humanity was restored. It's gone backwards since then, mm. obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're now trying to run them all over, so it doesn't make any difference, does it? Our Starlock was, um, which you alluded to before I started talking about how proud you are of the population, uh, was a Louis Vuitton um, steamer trunk that made wow. um, good money. It made eight, well, it did make good money, more than we thought. Um, so we put it in at about 2,000, 2,500 pound estimate, and it sold for 8,000 pounds. 8,000 pounds. Was it a steamer trunk? It was a big trunk. Yeah, it was nice. Nice thing. Found in a garage. Was it really? Oh, my. Did they have any idea? Uh, no, it's in the pile for disposal. <laughs> so they're quite happy. But I have to say that my my star lot of the day uh, was from a client that we have had for about 10, 12 years. And she sold a little Georgian morning ring. And I think that's the one that caught people by surprise. So true, true, true. it was as found, a little bit of damage, and it's got a little coffin on the enamel in gold. Um, and we thought on a good day, a lot of people were saying, you know, we put it in at two to three. We thought it might go for about 500 pounds and it made 1900. So, I mean, everybody was just like, well, how did that happen? But I think that subsequently, because a lot of people have, what I love about this business, uh, and I know you're the same, it's a lot of people who were either bidding on it or were interested in it or had a working knowledge of jewellery, asked if they could have a look at it before it went, you know, after the sale or during the sale, mm. so they could educate themselves if they saw the thing again. I found that quite interesting. And nobody could quite get it, but it was, yeah, it was a lovely thing. So what can you tell us about it, Harry? What so, was... Yeah. Um, what what's its um you know what was it for what sort of age was it and just describe it for us. So well yeah it was it was mid Georgian um so it was, it was a nice thing mid eighteen hundreds or whatever early eighteen hundreds perhaps um and the thing about it is is that usually so it's in high carat gold and it's got this black band around it and usually you'll have maybe a date or the initials of a loved one or whatever but this one did have picked out in gold was the image of a coffin and i mean i'm not i it's a bit macabre but i mean it gets the point across doesn't it really and there were some initials as well so we can only think that because and we haven't found one like that and i'm sure there are others no. about if we looked really 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 hard but we haven't found one like that we couldn't find one like that so the only thing we can find think of is that collectors of those sorts of items were like mm, hang on a minute this is the one we don't have i'm guessing because it's gold value you know it's the nice thing because a lot of they were concerned that it would sell for its scrap value or similar which is a question we get asked a, a lot about jewelry and they were talking about the fact that well no actually it's the thing it's you know, it's, it's not just intrinsic it's, value. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a really interesting. I had a similar situation today where we've taken in for December's sale this beautiful, it's a nine carat three gold uh, brooch, and it's the owl and the pussycat. You know, the nursery. All room. right, yeah, yeah. And you've got yeah. the owl sitting on the prow of the boat and the pussycat as well. And the cat's got ruby eyes, and the owl's got emerald eyes, and they were like, oh, well, it would, you know, if I sold it for the gold value, I got offered this. It, they got offered ridiculously below the value of gold. I just can't bear these people who prey on people, particularly at the moment. 
but it's going to sell for you know sort of early 200s something like that which is twice what its scrap value is do you know what i mean yeah yeah absolutely and it's a really pretty thing and it's just a it, and it's also you know it's a sweet thing isn't it you know the animal pussycat lots of people identify with that sort of that sort of thing so that and so that came in today but that was a nice thing along with an Omega Seamaster. So, yeah. Oh, fantastic. But it, it is sad when certain traders try to reduce the value of an item into its scrap value. In other words, you know, an easy and cheap way to devalue something is to take it and say, well, I'm just going to weigh it and it's nine carat value at the moment. You know, the spot price today is this. We'll multiply it. It's re- that's really what it's worth. When with a lot of these things, as proven buy that fabulous ring no that isn't the case that is not its value its value is in the intrinsic uh, beauty of the piece and the fact that collectors mm. will want and covet that item and want to put it in their collection and then scrap value is entirely irrelevant entirely irrelevant but i think Often scrap value is used to bamboozle people into selling their items far too cheaply. And unfortunately, the only way to really identify the true value of those kind of pieces is to put them to auction. And then we don't decide. It's the market that decides. And the market will tell you whether your Louis Vuitton case is actually worth what we think, 1000 to £2,000, or indeed it's worth £8,000. And we're very happy for us to be wrong. Delighted to be wrong and um, possibly going to appear in a a publication on the wall of shame. One wonders, one suspects coming up this week if they're short of copy. And you know what's lovely, Harry, is genuinely this afternoon, a regular auction goer at Lime Bay Auctions, who is also such a lovely lady that she follows our Windsor auction catalogue as well phoned me this afternoon um and said that louis vuitton trunk did it really make eight thousand pounds i said yeah of course it did chris it made made eight thousand pounds she said i've got one of those oh hang on what was her name again what was her name again uh jenny (laughs) (laughs) uh dear listener simon alluded to this conversation earlier and i said that's great and he said yeah no Obviously, they'll want to sell it uh, via Lime Bay. And I said, well, I don't think they probably do. I think they probably want to sell it by Windsor. Um, I'm teasing because, as we always go on about, we're very competitive. So I've been trying to (laughs) wheedle out of him who this client is. And he just, at the record, he's actually slipped up and given me the first name. So I've now got to spend the next four hours going through 10,500 records, ringing every Chris <laughs> or somebody who might be Chris on the system. Who might be Chris and asking them, do you have a Louis Vuitton steamer? But yeah, how fantastic is that? Yeah, I've I've got one very, very similar. I said, well, I suspect you might want to bring it along. Um, so she was equally stunned. To Windsor. As to, to, to <laughs> Funnily enough, I've just told her the Windsor branch has shut down. I don't. I'm sorry about that, Harry. <laughs> yeah, they're closed for Christmas and they're reopening in <laughs> February. Yeah, God blimey. Um, so that was good. Um, the other thing, I tell you what, I am. I'm, I've got to have a gripe. I've got to get a gripe off my mind, and I'm even pointing at the screen. I don't know who you. We do local deliveries ourselves, but um, and lots of people use various courier companies. But we are. We've been recommending a company called Shipley or any van for years. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. I don't know what's happened with the Shipley um, organization or the people they recommend or the, how people get involved with that. But we 
have never had such awful service in the last two to six months. The couriers not turning up and all the rest of it, mucking everybody about, failing to deliver and all that. Uh, it's driving everybody insane. And I just wanted to say to Shipley, thanks so much, because when we emailed you to say there seems to be a problem, they sent us a generic cut and paste email owing to the fact that 50 to 55 jobs a week go out to them. We're not their biggest client. And, you know, why should they pay any attention to us? But I think we're generating a few pounds for their little company or their big company or whatever. And they fra they frankly don't care. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so a little bit of a shout out to Shipley. Get your act together. All you got to do is just help your, help your the consigners and the guys who are shifting this stuff. And don't get me wrong, they're not all bad. Lots of good ones. But some of these, oh, absolutely shocking. Absolutely shocking. To the point where my team yesterday got so frustrated with one of the couriers who was picking up quite a lot of stuff that they told him to stop, unloaded his lorry and repacked and wrapped the stuff for him because he was going to break and damage everything. And they got so fed up that he'd offered it. And they're blanketing everything and doing it properly and going, what are you doing? You're just going to destroy all these really good furniture. And it was, oh, absolutely drove everybody mad. So, yeah, that was good. So Louis Vuitton trunks, um, Shipley. Um, we sold Hightower's car, did we not? Hightower's car has gone. The 1975 yeah. Honda Civic. Yes, we mentioned in last things. Yeah, who needs a Mustang that Simon banged on about for months? <laughs> now, that did make 2,900. Yes, one. that's where we've getting mixed that up. That did make 2,900. That was fantastic. I mean, Dave, Dave our car anorak, he thought 800, 1,000, maybe 1,200 pounds. He, on his Saturday, on his day off, bless him, uh, logged on to watch the car. I don't know whether he was cheekily thinking about putting a bid over the internet or what, but either way, he logged on and he was, yeah, genuinely quite surprised to see how much that that little car made. I have to say, when I got to Windsor and saw it parked outside, what a cute little thing. I liked it. It was very good. Very good. It but, is yeah. tiny, though. But the, teeny but the tiny. person who's bought it, who obviously, it is teeny tiny, but the person who's bought it, it will remain nameless, obviously, as we often do, unless we really want to name and shame you. Um, they have organised a low loader to come and collect it. And they, I've watching the messages go back and forwards because we've been, the, our office has been um, included in the correspondence. And they are so happy they've got it. But also every message goes, you know, this is my pride and joy. And please be very careful. What is, what is, how big is your vehicle? How are you going to load it onto the back of your vehicle? What are you going really? to wrap it in once you've loaded it onto the back? And each, each email has a different question like, Who's going to cuddle it all the way to my new? It's new. Do you know what I mean? It's so funny because <laughs> yeah, obviously yeah. they've been looking for yeah. one for a long time. Oh, bless. Um, or whatever. And it's very funny. I'd love to see the finished article when it's on the road, I have to say. Yeah. Yeah. So would I. Sadly, not everybody, not everybody's that keen to let us know or forgets or, you know, doesn't care or whatever, quite rightly. It's, but it is quite nice to follow the history or the follow the journey of the, some of the things that we sell. Some people. Like the guy with the motorbike. Them. The guy with the motorbike yes. who did up the Honda, he brought that round to show us. My yep. goodness, what a job he made of that! It was showroom condition. I couldn't believe it was the same bike. It was a, but he rode that round, didn't he? An old vintage Honda. Was it a Honda? Yeah, 
Yeah, it was Honda, yeah. And he was the same guy who fixed and refurbished those Sinclair C5 things. Yes, yes, he did. So he bought three. He bought three from us. Mm. So two goodish ones and one awful one. And he Mm. bought three from us. And he made two good ones out of three. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And then, so then he brought those down and was racing them around the trading estate. (laughs) <laughs> which is uh yeah quite fine so yeah you know he 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 can't stop him bringing the things back <laughs> <laughs> he's he's a genius though absolute genius yeah yeah he loves it he loves it well retirement's t- treating him well i think we managed to trot out one of our famous lines um uh going into christmas which is whatever it was lot 72 don't embarrass me more about how bad my auctioneering was and, <laughs> and it went something like this dear listener it went and our next lot ladies and gentlemen is an antique african machete nothing says christmas like a machete always goes down well did i really mm. oh cracky it is but it is worrying isn't it it obviously says something about the relationship you have with your family yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's well on record. Um, that's great. Now, this is interesting to me, and I'm probably going to shoot us commercially in the foot here, so apologies. Oh, good. But we had some rare Lego at Windsor, not not very much, but two or three sets that didn't meet the prices, the expectations of the owner. And you had a lot of Lego down in line. Mm. And obviously we thought a lot of this would fetch. Why are we... Are we not attracting the right? What what's gone wrong with that? So I had some rare Star Wars uh, stuff. I couldn't sell it, and the people keep telling me it's worth fortunes. But is it, or am I making it up? I think that, and obviously, where podcasts are concerned, this probably doesn't translate because you could be listening to this in two years' time. But we are; these are our auctions running in November, running up to Christmas. We are in a weird time where mortgages are going through the roof. The cost of petrol and diesel is going. Everybody's talking about the cost of electricity. Everybody's going on. I think we're in some very strange times. And therefore, the rule book slightly gets torn up, doesn't it, in terms of what things are going to make good money and what aren't. I mean, both auction houses, if you look through the results, you know, one minute we were shouting that, you know, um, we've made peace with humanity because this antique furniture is making great money. And the next thing we're saying, and here's a Star Wars X-Wing, whatever, bound to make a fortune, couldn't get a bid. And I just think I was talking to a client today who sadly is closing down a local antiques uh, antique shop, um, selling antique furniture, restored furniture, And she's just said the pandemic and uh, the market is so tricky at the moment that she's decided to scale right back, lose the shop, just do some little restoration pieces on the side because it's so difficult to know what is going to sell and when. Would you agree? I I agree that people are... I mean, we're all, I include myself and I know you in this statement, we're all being a lot more careful at the moment. It's it's just, I don't know, sometimes you feel that you're insulated from that. I do know that the furniture, half of the furniture we sold is going overseas. Yep, that market has started again. 
which the market has started because of various uh, lift, not lifting of restrictions, but uh, things like currency markets and uh, renewed demand in certain countries, etc. And I also think that people are bored of waiting and bored of the terrible quality of things that they're getting being they're being offered on the high street. I think mm. that people now want their money to go further. So buying good quality antique or antique-ish, well-made furniture is by far the way forward. I think that really is a big thing because you want things to last. You don't want things to fall apart in a couple of weeks. But maybe your Lego. Yeah, maybe your Lego is not an essential purchase, is it? Mm, exactly. We were asking for rare bits of Lego. We were asking mass- massive money, weren't we? Yeah, and so maybe the furniture market will benefit from people not wanting to spend silly amounts of money on shoddy modern furniture when they can spend relatively relatively speaking, smaller amounts of money on fine pieces of reusable, recyclable furniture. So, But an expensive Lego kit, maybe that's the trade-off because they're tricky. Aren't we the chirpy ones, eh? I thought this was supposed to be funny. <laughs> it's not always got to be funny. But no, I was just interested. I'm, I'm no, always fascinated a... by how sales go. I'm always fascinated always. by how sales go. We, you know, at Windsor, we, at Windsor, we had such a busy sale and we're literally as i made a reference to earlier there's jewelry and watches and all sorts of things pouring through the door for our next sale which is ridiculously is um and we're a small team so it is we're under pressure but it's on the 15th of december which i mean means i'm publishing a catalog having just closed one in about like eight days or something <laughs> um there's quite a lot of stress around our building at the moment um, so that's quite that's quite uh, entertaining, and I don't know what people are going to do with. We have huge consignments of furniture and uh, all sorts of uh, collectibles. Um, I, I unpacked a box today, which somebody had dropped off with this amazing, and it's not it's not massive value. It's Tudric uh, pewter tankard um, with a. Uh, brass handle and it's got a it's got a fish design sort of dancing fish in the waves all the way around the outside um, nice. and three people have walked pa- three people have walked past my office dealers today who are collecting things look through say hello or you know happy christmas or you know whatever um and um we're all like oh when's that coming up when's that coming up i like that um yeah it was interesting but yeah so it's I don't know I, I I wasn't being negative I'm just finding I just find it interesting whereas that that's like 250 quid and there wasn't even a question they were all like oh I would like to buy that that'd be great when can I get hold of that well see you on the 15th yeah yeah know, that's how it works it is interesting I think how how the market is and how people collecting um collecting things is uh yeah is taking off again I've had three consignments of stamps whole collections. Today really? we had eight boxes from one house in Richmond. Yeah, unbelievable. That's crazy. That'll keep me busy over Christmas. But, yeah. Keep keep away yeah. from the rallies. All them away from me when they see me arrive with a lot of stamps. Going now, oh, would you like to help photog- do the photography for this? <laughs> put, put all my nephews and nieces to work. I've got to ask you a final question. Um, do you, as I do, when you pick up keys to? look at a house clearance uh so the house is empty do you ring the doorbell Mm. before you go in 
knowing that it's empty. What? No, because I'm not mad. There's nobody there. Ha! Susie came with me, my wife, um, because we were in the car together. We had to go and look at a clearance. Uh, she happened to be with me. I've got the keys from the estate agent. And before I put the key in the door, I ring the doorbell three times. And she said, what are you doing? It's a deceased estate. There's no one there. I said, no, 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 no. I have fallen foul of this only ever once at a house in Colleton where I picked up the keys, and this is years ago, from the estate agent for a deceased estate, opened the door at nine o'clock in the morning, only to be greeted with a lady drying her hair in the front room because she had decided to visit mum's house one last time and not told anybody. So this moment in your career has meant that forevermore you... Ring the doorbell three times. Ring the doorbell three times. To make sure that... And then what, just stand there? Yeah. Never again do I want to hear that lady... The screaming is still in my ears. The screaming... The sound of screaming and hairdryers is still in my ears from that one fateful day. Never again will I enter a deceased estate without ringing the doorbell three times. I just hand out these pieces of wisdom. Do with them what you will. Okay. I've got no words, really. I I was just going to say that, like a lot of auctioneers, I started my career in a state agency when I was very young and um, never knocked on a door. <laughs> just wandered in. Which and one um, day I, I, it'll I happen can, to you. Yeah, yeah. No, I've got I've got a catalogue of embarrassing experiences that I can't tell you about, and therefore I should have learnt. But now that I'm confident that there is nobody in the house for the sad reason that they have demised, I am no longer I'm no longer panicking about it. But. Yeah, I suppose if it's happened to you once, you'll never go back. But I worry for you. This shouldn't be the biggest hang-up of your life. I think reversing should be one of your <laughs> one of the things that you concentrate more on. And that is a good point, because as soon as I get off this podcast, I've got to ring Dominic and just make sure he's all right and uh, offer to repair his brakes. Yeah, well, that's the least we can do. That is the least we can do. Let's do that. I'm going to go call Dominic. Well, on that happy, on that happy note, Let's, one, wish Dominic a speedy break-type recovery. Um, You're going to practice reversing. Yeah. If the local authority in your area could stop closing roads, completely closing them, because this happens to me all the time I visit, I just drive around and then another random roadblock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I cannot get my head around. And there's no pre-warning. And where you are, it's a lot of narrow lanes, so it's an absolute disaster. If Shipley can organise themselves so their couriers turn up on time, what else have I got to rant about? I was going to say, should this not be a, a, a rant a rant cast rather than a podcast? This is a, just a Harry rant cast. I don't, I don't. I, I've it got is a so rant cast. I mean, there, there, we've had we've had several things, dear listener. In the last seven days that have happened in our business that we yeah. can't talk about, which are perfectly fine. Everybody's safe and sound. Um, we have one person who they got themselves in a right pickle and caused an awful lot of uh, worry and distress for everybody. And we're not going to talk about it. That's all the illusion I'm going to make. But we are all absolutely shattered as, as a result. Hence, this has turned into a rant cast. Yeah. Hence the reason why I'm going to need therapy for the end of this, because it's been a very funny seven days 
<laughs> that coupled with the fact that coupled with the fact I will end on a happy note. And that last night, having been in Devon in the morning, and I put this on our socials, a lovely picture of me. I'm sat on a wall watching the sea in mm. Seaton, where our just by where our auction house is. So what I often do is I stay down there the night before and I walk to the seafront. And I watched the sea just to settle my mind. It's very therapeutic and it is beautiful down where Simon lives. And uh, then I get in the car, do the auction. And this time I had to be in the East End of London <laughs> last night to watch um, a, a family friend, very special family friend in his first movie role called Donkey Dust Movie. I can't tell you how tired I am. I'm, middle age does not suit me at all. <laughs> I mean, I drove from Devon to London. I was like, what is going on? I was like, why am I doing this? How much do I like these people? It was very funny. But cracking movie. Um, slightly eye-opening in parts. Um, I don't think I'm the target market, but it was very good. Excellent. <laughs> well, I'm sure he appreciated your support. So I've no, I've name-checked name everybody. Rant over, podcast over, um, and we'll see you next week. Busy week this week, so looking for... Uh, interesting content next week and um i've got a few little surprises um hopefully with people popping up on the pod um and also we are booking in the right to reply for the people of branscom looking forward to that <laughs> right see you later buddy take it easy get some sleep tired boy i think i think that's the way forward don't you see ya bye bye